Hey there, bogus listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Forever Bogus Podcast. Hang on one second there. Okay. I don't mean to cut you short. Yeah. You're doing your intro? Yes. But I got two words for you, baby. What's that? We're back. <gasps> We're back! Yay! That's right, we back! And it's me, B-Boy Bogus Bryce, a.k.a. Mr. Bogus himself, a.k.a. Mr. Bryce Shoemaker. That's right, brother. Here with my best friend, always and forever, Jamie Killsby, a.k.a. It's me, <laughs> styling, profiling, <laughs> talking about movies you never heard of, talking about video games you never want to play, talking about movies you don't want to remember. Yeah. It's your me, your boy J-Dog, and I'm sorry about that clap. That made my volume go all the way up, but that's just making sure you <laughs> listeners at home are wide awake because we're back. It's been a long time. It's been I'm way glad too to be long. Back. Glad to be back in the studio. I'm sweating, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We uh, just turned our air off so we could start recording, and I'm already sweating, too. It's only been 30 seconds. I'm sweating <laughs> to the oldies, dude. I am sweating to the oldies right now. But yes, J-Dog, we are finally back. The bogus cast is back from a year-long hiatus. Why? It's been why, way why? too long. Why has why? it been a year? Oh, man. Well, there's a lot to discuss there. There's a lot to unpack there. You're, you're opening a can of worms, my friend. Well, let's go. <laughs> Open them up. Well, at the end of the last season, you may have noticed that all of our episodes just up and disappeared. Yeah, it was it was obviously one of the big Nancy Drew conspiracies of the internet era. <laughs> um, it really was. People were talking about like, hey, do you remember the bogus cast on the internet? So they just thought it was like the Mandela effect. Like it never really existed, yeah. but maybe oh, it yeah, did in yeah, a parallel yeah. universe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you may have noticed that uh, the mothership went down. That's right. And unfortunately, we went down with them. But none of that really matters now because we're back, baby. We are back stronger than ever. Hey, don't call it a comeback because we've been here for years. Uh-huh. Back like a vertebrae, throwing it back old school. <laughs> I broke my back. Mike Tyson. Remember that? Remember that interview? He goes, I broke I, my I back. I broke my back. Actually, I think I stepped on a crack and broke Mike Tyson's back. Whoops! How many other ways can you say back? Well, (laughs) guess what? We are back. It feels good to be back talking the same old shit. Hopefully bringing uh, you a little comfort in this weird times. And obviously, it took a great pandemic to bring the podcast back. Um, But we're here. Uh, We're on our own uh, channels now, so we should be easier to find on uh, all the podcast listening platforms. You should be able to find us directly uh, by searching Forever Bogus, which makes it a little bit easier, which is kind it's of true. A, it's kind of a nice um, side thing with with the mothership going down. That is very true. But look, dude, let's get down to brass taxes here. OK, we've been gone for a while and we've decided to come back. This is a big deal. It is. Now, how do we celebrate this? That is a good point. How do we celebrate our comeback? Well, good thing we talked about this off air and we came up with a plan. <laughs> yes. You go. You totally pulled the rug out there. You cleared the smoke out of the room. I was trying to Sorry. kayfabe it a little I, I, bit. I see that. I see that. But kayfabe aside, we decided yeah. to celebrate our comeback of the Bogus Cast with um, a little discussion about other things from our childhood that made a comeback in recent years. That's right. Since we came back, we're going to be talking about other comebacks uh, from years ago uh, to more recent it's all about comebacks today, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what was that joke? Uh, they were talking about comebacks. They said, oh, you know, comebacks, like in a football game, uh, when it's a low score, and then they, they, they work it all the way to the end, and they come back, and then they go, well, what about um, Kim Kardashian? And they go, well, she didn't really have a comeback. No, didn't she have come on her back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> J-Dog's got the jokes. <laughs> the regular old box sagging. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at me over here. I better not fall down. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> the audience just goes crazy. <laughs> but that's what we're going to do for the remainder of this episode. We're going to, we both of us made a list of things that made a comeback throughout the years. Things that we loved in our childhood that either got canceled or discontinued, and somehow made its way back to our lives. Just like us to you in this very moment. You're so damn right, J-Dog. It's almost like we planned it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, let's uh, move along with the plan, and let's jump into our list of all the things that made a comeback. All right. So the first thing on my list is... Michael Jordan's comeback to the NBA. Oh, man. Icon. 
icon of the 90s. Yeah. Huge. You know, the thing is, is like, uh, Michael Jordan is, is, whenever you're talking about somebody who excels in a field, you always say, oh, that guy's the Michael, ja- uh, I won't say Michael Jackson, the Michael Jordan of guitar <laughs> playing. That guy's the Michael Jordan of video games. That guy, Michael Jordan is the pinnacle of excellence. You're, it's so right. And when I hear goat, like somebody's a goat, yeah, I, my brain instantly goes to Michael Jordan. Right. So you may remember back in 1993, Michael Jordan retired from the NBA. And uh, in a long interview, um, he said that he lost his desire to play basketball, mm. which I'm not for sure what that's about. I think that he was just on top and he really didn't have much of a competition. Like he won the playoffs for like three or four years straight. Yeah, and he was just like, you know what? I think I'm good. I think I'm done with basketball. Sounds like depression. And uh, if you remember right, he went on to play minor league baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a uh, they act, they riff on that quite a bit in uh, in uh, uh, Space, Space Jam. Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. <laughs> they let him. They let him hear about that. I mean, I guess you know that's the thing too. You're gonna be obviously he was good enough to play baseball, but. Uh, you can't be professional at everything. No, you can't. But Michael Jordan did return to the NBA um, a couple of years after that, um, mostly because his dad died. And uh, he was thinking to himself, like, what am I doing with my life? Do I really want to play baseball for the rest of my life or even right. this point in my life? I should go back to doing the things that I love to do. And it's funny that you brought up Space Jam because this was pretty much the in-between of him quitting baseball and going back in to playing basketball. And apparently, uh, in between shoots, he forced uh, the the director, the producer, whatever over there to give him a full basketball court so he can actually practice wow. in between the shoots. That's yeah. like how The Rock, uh, he, he brings his own gym to every movie set. Yes. See? Exactly. Exactly. They, you know what you want, so you get to work hard for it. And that's pretty much the tagline for Michael Jordan. He worked hard every day because he was so passionate about the sport that he loved. Yeah. You want to be, you know, somebody who pushes that hard in your life like Michael Jordan or like The Rock. But then when you see, you know, The Rock's Instagram feed, it's like three in the morning. He's like, hey, guys, I'm here in the Iron Paradise (laughs) sweating my ass off. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I'm asleep. I'm asleep until about 10 o'clock. You know what's great? The Rock. A Klondike bar. Yeah. No, The Rock is awesome. I I, I really can't. I, I I can't even like jokingly hate on The Rock for that long. He's too no. rad. Same thing as 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 Michael Jordan. Agreed. Icon. Agreed. So uh, what's on your list, man? What made a comeback on your list? Well, the comeback that meant the I don't know. It's so hard. I was gonna say that meant the most to me, but that means the most to me at the moment is the return of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Oh yes. <laughs> now this was a this was a really big deal for a lot of people. If you're not familiar with Mystery Science Theater 3000, I guarantee that you are and you don't realize it. It's the show uh, that they watch the old bad movies and you can see characters silhouetted on the bottom of the screen watching the movie and riffing mm-hmm. on it and making fun of it. Very iconic image. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Very iconic. It just kind of goes along with that iconic 90s imagery that you'd see, Beavis and Butthead. I don't know. It all just blends together in this Absolutely. kind of beautiful way. Anyway, um, a little they made a very, very, very triumphant comeback. And before I get to that, I'll give you a little background on MST3K. Um, okay. It, it, just a little bit so there's a little source of reference on why the comeback was so important. Um, it was originally a local access TV show in Minneapolis on oh. uh, KTMA-TV. So that's like somebody's local station. That's somebody, you I know. I did not even know that. Yeah, that's pretty they, cool. They did one season, and uh, the, show was, the show was created by Joel Hodgson, who mm-hmm. uh, created the puppets, and he wrote most of the jokes, and he worked on it a lot. And uh, I was just listening to a little background of how the show came to be, and it was literally uh, Joel, a few, and the other guys. And, and Joel was like, hey, uh, come on down to the TV studio tomorrow. We're going to make the show. And like no background, they're like, what What are we making? You know, and they showed up oh, that wow. day and there were puppets <laughs> there ready to go. And so they did one season on uh, local access in Minneapolis and they got picked up by, well, what's now known as Comedy Central, but then it was known as the Comedy Channel. They yes. did uh, seven seasons of the Comedy Channel channel before being canceled in 1996. Uh, took a small break there. This was kind of, I guess, the first comeback. They were picked up by Sci-Fi for three more seasons. I think it was just a bit of a hiatus because yeah. I think they knew that. I mean, they were trying to pitch it to other networks. Yeah, the, well, there, there, there started also being um, a little dispute with uh, contracts, a little bit. And and what's good? The good news for me 
It says if or, or if you're like me, they're all friends now, which is good. Uh, yes. I, I can't I can't sleep at night thinking that they're not friends and they don't like each other. But there right. there was a small dispute for a while. Joel did not want to make a movie. They wanted to make an MST3K the movie. Joel, the creator, did not want to do that. Um, but they did, didn't they? They did do it. But he said, "Look, okay, that's if, what you're, I if you're going to do it, I'm not going to be on the show anymore." Um, and that's fine. But he said. You know, if if I'm not going to be in the show anymore, the host has to become Mike. And Mike was a guy who worked on the show for a long time. And they okay. respected his wishes. So Mike became the host on the Sci-Fi Channel. And it went up until it was canceled in 1999. And, and how many seasons did it, did they go on the Sci-Fi Channel? Uh, they did – well, there was, a, there was 11 total seasons. Okay. Uh, so and, they did about four, yeah, four seasons well, they did, on they Sci-Fi? Did seven on comedy, eight, nine, ten. 11, yeah, they did four. Yeah, you're right. They did four. Okay. And uh, – so the I had to do, just do some quick math right there. Quick maths <laughs> if you're in the UK. No, I, I'm actually uh, – yeah, that's that's what that is. But they took a long break for a really long time, kind of floated around, and they continued in different forms. Like there's uh, riff tracks. A couple of the guys do riff tracks, Ooh. and it's a little less theatrical. They, they still riff on the movie, but uh, there's no puppets and no silhouettes. I did um, not realize that was yeah, kind of associated so, to to that. Yeah, I it, thought it was its own thing. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Riff Tracks is not only associated with it; it's basically like the stepbrother of it. You know, uh, Mike, okay. Mike, who is the host at the ending of the show, he's on Riff Tracks, and uh, two of the two of the voices from the past, because uh, Crow's Crow's voice changed every couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Servo's voice was mostly the same for the long time. Either way. They got canceled in 99. The big comeback I want to talk about is their comeback in 2018. Oh, to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. That was a really, really big deal in a lot of ways um, because it started as a successful Kickstarter campaign. It was launched in 2015, and they managed to raise just under $6 million. Wow. And that was – I misspoke before. That was their 11th season. The Netflix one was their 11th season. So they had 10 prior – and then Netflix was their 2018 season was their 11th. I think I remember this comeback because I think they only did one episode, right, as a comeback, or they made like a no, two they, or three they, they made a full season. Was it a full, they made a full season. season on Netflix? Uh, oh, I'll okay. tell you what you're probably thinking of a little bit later. Um, okay, they did their full 11th season, and it, it just they just got the best fucking people they could get involved, just like a dream team. Um, if you are a fan of bad movies and, and you like to research bad movies, you probably know Elliot Kalan, who yes. was the writer. On, he was the head writer on The Daily Show in the Jon Stewart era. But then mm-hmm. he uh, more famously did the the Flophouse podcast where he talked about bad movies. So <laughs> it went to yes. the perfect guy to, to be the head writer to the new season of MST3K, 11th season, mm-hmm. you know, all these years later, uh, 18 years later to be exact. Um, he also worked with Dan Harmon to write it, who we know from Rick and Morty and Community. Yep. He got fired off Community, which was their, their bad. They shouldn't have done that, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> he also uh, had a – there was also some writing by Joel McHale, who uh, if you don't recognize that name right away, you, you would know his face. He was the host of The Soup for a long time. Yep. He was also in Community. Yeah, he was in Community, <laughs> Will and Grace, CSI Miami, Diagnosis Murder. He was in a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, one thing that I, I want to talk about about this comeback that's so cool is that not only were they able to bring in some faces that we as nerds love, like uh, Patton Pat Oswalt. And, yes, exactly. Yes. Jinx. Um, you, you, th- <laughs> there also was like, uh, you know, one of the things in, in the original series was in the in-between um, interstitials parts where there's take a break from the movie and there's Joel on the screen with, with the two bots. Uh, there was very limited movement on the bots. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in the reboot, the uh, comeback, I should say, they the bots were redesigned with radio control technology by oh, a company cool. who is a mainstay here on the Forever Bogus podcast. Would you like to have a guess? Uh, the Jim Henson Studios? The Jim Henson Company. Correct. Nice. Good job. Yes. <laughs> they, 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 they created radio controlled uh, bots and made them have a little bit more movement. Their arms were able to move. Uh, where they weren't able to in the past, and there was a little bit more That's emotion fantastic. and expression in the eyes. Uh, so they did their 11th season, and after that, it was successful. So they did a mini Turkey Day season because they always had their Turkey Day special for Thanksgiving. Yep. You know, watching turkeys. There you go. Um, <laughs> and that went for six episodes, and they stopped. They don't plan on releasing anything else with Netflix again, but there is a really good chance that we did not see the end of MST3K. And if we did, I will tell you that... 
as a diehard fan, there is just hundreds of hours of MST3K to be viewed. Um, and it's all available everywhere. There's so many different apps that have so many different episodes yep. for free. Like um, uh, Pluto TV has a Pluto, whole yeah. channel dedicated 24-7. 24-7 nonstop. Yes. Uh, there's our, our favorite app on here on the podcast, Tubi TV yep. has Tubi, that's right. hundreds yep. of episodes available. Uh, and if you once you run through that and if you don't feel like revisiting, there is Rift Tracks. Um, mm-hmm. There, is, you know, there's so much to go. And I, I, I don't think we've seen the end of the show, but... That was a triumphant comeback. That's for damn sure. Now, how about you, man? Well, I'm going to follow that one up with a cartoon that made a comeback from our childhood. And uh, that's the comeback of the Ren and Stimpy show. But the adult cartoon version that was on Spike. I I still to this day don't really know how I feel about it. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) I'm not decided for better or for worse. I'm like, you know, it depends on the day you ask me. So I can go on a long tangent about how the Ren and Stimpy show was pretty innovative for the time, especially as uh, targeted towards kids, and how fucked up the show was. And they really pushed the boundaries for uh, the censorship back in the day. Well, the censorship that was you know in place back in the day. But um, after uh, a long dispute on the last season, it was officially canceled on Nickelodeon. But... Um, the creator didn't wasn't done with the Renestippi characters, and he really wanted to push it to the nth degree. And so he signed a contract with uh, the then Spike Channel. I think it was called like the Men Channel for a while. Now it's like Paramount Channel. Yeah. And uh, they released one season of the Renestippi Adult Party Cartoon. And uh, with this, they were pretty much had free reign to go all out on the sexuality and the dirty jokes and all the gritty nastiness that they couldn't push in the kids cartoon version. Yeah. And I remember, I think I was, uh, I think it was, I was old enough to drive. I think I was 16 or 17 when this came out. And um, I was excited because I was a pretty big fan of Ren and Stimpy back in the day and I hadn't watched it for years. So I didn't know what I was expecting. But when I found out it was an adult show, I was like, hmm, spicy, risque. This might be fun. Adult animation was so alluring at the time because it was still relatively new. Like South Park just had started really uh, breaking boundaries in like, uh, what was it, 1998-ish, 97-ish? Yes, yep. So, you know, that. And people called Simpsons adult animation. but At the time, it it definitely was. But like you said before, I don't know what to think about it. It it makes me feel... Uh, weirder than I felt when I watched the original series. Like I, I right. felt dirty. Like I kind of felt like I needed to take a shower after I got done yeah. watching it. It, it was, was it very was kinda, confusing. It was almost at like times. they were they were trying too hard. I think a little yes. bit. Yes, I, I totally were, agree with that. They were because they, you know, John K. He's sort. I mean, now the I think he's currently like. A, a, a rough name to bring up because he yeah, has a he's lot like of controversy a, he's around now, him. hoping that he won't but, get sued. But anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, regardless, I mean, when when that was lightning in a bottle, uh, yes, the original series, and then they tried to come back, but you can't force lightning in a bottle. You know, that's that's it. It happens, and I'm actually, I don't know. I I'll go back and I'll revisit it, and sometimes I'll say I love it. I I remember I was stoked about this because I grew up on Randy Stimpy. I had the plushes; they were my favorite. <laughs> Me too, especially the talking one. <laughs> yeah, they they, yes. they formed my humor. Like they they were the Me seeds too. of like my humor as I would grow up, and uh, they were a big part of why you know we talked about shows like Aqua Teen, Hunger Force in the past, and mm-hmm. why you know once you see stuff like that and like Ren and Stimpy, nothing. You know, you can't – normal comedy doesn't work. Quote, unquote, normal comedy. You need that extra like weird comedy for it to work. Quirkiness. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were a big part of it and you just kind of can't force that kind of thing. And you're right. You can't force it. And um, in result of that, it only lasted one season because it did not gain any traction on Spike. Yeah. And I think uh, like 100 Ways to Die took its took its spot. <laughs> yeah. It's like stupid ass reenactments of like one time <laughs> yes. when Limp Biscuit was on their tour bus, oh, you know, a woman's breast implant exploded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck off. And then I saw one on that show where like a guy was at an ICP concert and he got electrocuted by Fago. That is that hilarious. To, yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying the Rand Stimpy was genius, but that was like even a, a step down. I I agree. But anyway, I I digress about the Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon. What's what's next on your list? Before we hop to the next on my list, I want to pitch you two alternative pilots for the Ren and Stimpy adult party. Oh cartoon. gosh. Okay. All right. right I'll, lay I'll make on it really me. really quick. Okay. Um, either version A, where Ren and Stimpy 
are actors who they're cartoon characters but they're actors and so they were on the ren and stimpy show back in the 90s and this is about their life when they're not working on the show <laughs> that's fun okay and it's about their drug addiction and alcohol abuse and <laughs> they partied all the time uh, going and, to debt yeah. and stuff like that yeah and, so, and uh so it's them working on the show and and maybe they kind of secretly hate each other or whatever it's like all um, behind the scenes and stuff yeah, kind of documentary the style yeah. okay and, and okay. then What's my my B? other one is the same thing but like years in the future when we're currently watching it where the show's been canceled for years and they're just totally washed up and it's them like getting sober <laughs> Maybe they're trying to restart their career yeah like it, it, it's, it'll be it'll be kind of like like roger rabbit like they live in a cartoon yes. world but they have normal jobs and stuff like they're like plumbers and shit now you know maybe i think i'll take b i like option Stimpy, b like lost his foot to diabetes or something like that yes i don't know <laughs> That's just my pitch. All okay, right. okay. <laughs> John K., if you're out there, send the check. Yep. Right. <laughs> okay, what's next on your list? Next one, I don't have a whole lot to say about, but I really wanted to bring it up because okay. it is a it is a comeback that meant a lot to me, uh, playing back on that thing I just mentioned a few moments ago, how once you get into alt comedy and quirky comedy, normal comedy just doesn't quite do it. You know, yes. I, I I can't go down and see whatever new shit Will Ferrell's Modern drinking out. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, yeah. One, modern, it's last not work. man standing bullshit. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. It's, exactly. That's not gonna work. I, I I need something weird, and and that started back, you know, with Ren and Stimpy and stuff. But anyway, alt comedy classic from two thousand one, Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> it was uh, a comedy. <laughs> what what wound up becoming a comedy cult classic. That mm-hmm. at the time that it was made, it kind of went under the radar. Nobody it really, really saw it and really talked about it. And mm-hmm. kind of one of the really interesting things that's worth talking about is that all the people in it would wind up being like super famous. Yeah, that not yes. yeah, and they weren't famous at the time. Some of them were, were more than others. But not only are they super famous, like these all the people in Wet Hot American Summer in two thousand one are the people that would just run comedy in the future. Yep, you're they, right. Yeah. They, you know, all the, they're the writers now of the shows you watch. They're the stars of the shows you watch. They're the movie stars that you watch. They are. It's just comedy gold and legends in this movie that went basically unnoticed. And if you haven't seen Wet Hot American Summer, I I, I highly recommend it. You should. I'm not gonna say stop listening to the podcast. Go watch it later. Uh, well, I mean, this is a good over. time. We're we're into the summer season now. And yes, yes. It, it yes. definitely has that kind of uh, nostalgic vibes. Like, yeah. If you ever went to summer camp, that's definitely going to bring right. back some memories. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a it's it's a spoof on 1980s summer camp movie, yes. a la Meatballs and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, but it's it's a spoof on it. It plays up in the 80s, and it was a great movie. Went under the radar. Years later, people got obsessed with it, just like any cult film, and they made a second one, the biggest comeback. Yeah, and it's funny because it's an overlap with uh, your last pick because Netflix picked it up. Netflix is, yeah, yes. Netflix uh, really cornered the market on things that we are nostalgic and hungry for. They're smart. And, yeah, <laughs> and they are. They, they, they aren't one of the biggest companies in the re- world for no reason, you know? That's true. But uh, <laughs> the, the, so the sequel, which was actually, which makes the, which the thing that really needs to be brought up about this it comes out in 2015. They're going to make a new Wet Hot American Summer. So now this movie had time to marinate and become the cult classic that we know it as. So everybody's mm-hmm. really excited. Then a little bit of news leaks. It's not actually a sequel. It's a prequel. Yes, which I don't know how they were going to do. You think, oh, fuck, they're going to get these actors we never heard about to come play younger versions of these uh-huh. legends. No. The legends come back 15 years later to play younger versions of themselves not only younger not only not only 15 years younger when the first movie was made it's supposed to be before that so yes they're they're like in their 40s and they've got like fake braces on and stuff like that (laughs) and it just adds this whole layer of comedy to it that's a concept that should not work but it it plays out so well it really does almost everybody came back like 98 percent of the cast came back yep and they played younger versions of themselves it was flawless it was fucking beautiful and i i always demand more of this if 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 it's a true good idea uh just go for it there's so much bad stuff going out let these geniuses work man and and that is what that was that was a classic comeback for me that's awesome all right so for my next pick i'm gonna go with some junk food 
Because, you know, I'm sure you were, as well as all of our listeners, were a junk food kid back in the 90s. And if you saw something new, whether if, it's, if it was uh, Hot Pockets or something like that, that a new flavor or a new soda flavor, you had to try it. Mostly because of marketing. They yeah, killed they were, it with marketing back in the to, 90s. Uh, they were allowed to use, like, cartoony imagery back yes. in the 90s. And, after, and, like, really kind of in-your-face yeah. promotional stuff, which Legislation which would later get passed. That's why you don't really see too many cartoon characters on junk food packets. Yep. You know, they don't want it to attract kids too much because they turn out like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, the one, the junk food I'm going to talk about in particular is a soda called Surge. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, I got a lot to think about this, but go ahead. <laughs> I won't cut you. I won't cut you off. So I'm sure uh, if you're a '90s kid, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they had a commercial on every single kids channel that you watched back in the day and it was always like in your face i don't know about the marketing back in the 90s was always like aggressive marketing it towards it could be like a car commercial and it'll be all up in your face aggressive (laughs) but anyway surge did a great job because i begged my parents to try it and little did they know that it was packed full of caffeine so (laughs) once i drink you know half a bottle i was going off the walls oh yeah and um, i think that was the biggest reason uh why coca-cola phased it out because a lot of parents started complaining that it had too much caffeine. And what's weird is that Coca-Cola used to have Surge like in schools, like on on, yeah, the, on the fountain yeah. drinks or like in their vending machines and stuff. And they started phasing it out by the end of the 90s and officially discontinuing it in 2002. And uh, the funniest thing out of uh, that whole phasing out phase, <laughs> phasing out phase, um, was that there was a big rumor going around that Surge actually shrunk men's testicles. Oh, wow. I <laughs> Do heard you that remember about, this? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that was just like, oh, man, yeah. That's, that was get, the icing on the cake. That'll, that'll get, get you the nail in the coffin. <laughs> yes. I, I, I know it's not probably true, but I'm not taking any risks. Yeah, exactly. And I think they, they tried saying that with Mountain Dew years later or some stupid yeah, I, shit I, like that. Was or maybe it was like was semen a, count. Yeah, there was a popular rumor about Mountain Dew up around my area here that said that you would it would make you uh, impotent, essentially. Yes, yeah. exactly. So back in like 2012, 2013, um, I'm not for sure if that's where it, when it, the movement started, but that's when I um, came to realize that there was a surge movement. I'm not for sure who started it, but somebody started a campaign to for Coca-Cola to bring back Surge. And in 2014, Coca-Cola actually listened to all these people and saw how many thousands of people signed this petition to bring Surge back <laughs> and did a a light comeback in 2000 well, September of 2014. It was hard to get. It was like Amazon it exclusive and shit. It was super hard to get. And then in 2015, they started mass producing Surge. Oh yeah. So you can go to your local gas station or Walmart or something and find Surge. And in fact, just for the show, guess what I got? Oh, he's got a Surge. A All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Surge. <laughs> oh, I love that sound. I actually need this because I'm pretty parched. Wow, that looks like a refreshing sip. It That was delicious. But I will say it, <laughs> it doesn't taste like how I remembered it. I feel nah. like I remember it tasting a lot more citrusy. Yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like I was drinking more... Like uh, orange juice or something. Well, I think that's for sure. I think that things have gotten more sugary as time passed. So back Uh when Surge came out, that was like, whoa, you know, you hadn't tasted anything that sweet. And now that everything's overly sweet these days, it kind of blends in with everything else. You're right. Um, I you ever eat something and then you drink something sweet and you can't taste the sweetness of the drink and you're like, damn, whatever yeah. candy I was just fucking eating must have like, <laughs> you know, I got to say, sweet. you know me pretty well. You know me very well at this point. And yes. if you're a longtime listener of the show, you you know what I like and the way my head works and stuff like that. Uh-huh. If you don't, I love all this shit. I love nostalgia. I love all this crazy goofy shit. I was there for the surge petition. I was uh-huh. there for the, the ecto cooler petition. <laughs> we are fucking babies. We are, dude. <laughs> bring back my soda I like so much. Bring it. Bring back Coca-Cola. There's just, like, there's just like terrible things happening in the world that we're all like really pissed off stomping around for, to bring Surge back. But you know what? We can make things happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I, I, that's it. I just wanted to reminisce a little bit about Surge and the comeback and how sweet it is. I guess, the, I guess there's a good lesson attached to that one because the comeback was by the fans. 
You're they right. just demanded it. So if there's something that you like, you could just get it if you fucking keep asking over and over again. Yep. Keep bitching. Yeah. Keep bitching. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. Keep bitching. Uh, <laughs> my other car is a fishing boat. What's next on your list, man? The next comeback for me that was very important to me as a kid, and this was actually hugely important to me as a kid, I so much so that I, I forgot about it until like fairly recently how obsessed I was with this, but I want to talk about the 1989 sequel to the titular film Swamp Thing with the, <laughs> the return, return of Swamp Thing. Of Swamp Thing. <laughs> as I said, this movie came out in 1989. Uh, so I was a little baby, but I would pick it up later in my, uh, you know, early 90s. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a sequel to the 1982 film, Swamp Thing. Uh-huh. Um, this one kicked the original one's fucking ass. I know. The original one was a was like a drama. Almost the original like a romantic one blows. Drama. It, it, it just straight up blows. Yes. It's not good. It's boring. It's stupid. The effects are really bad. It looks like a 60s sci-fi movie. Uh, like with the with the monster effects and stuff like that, but um, part two and the thing is, part two is critically panned. Essentially, if you if you look online at, at at scores and reviews, like everyone fucking hates it, but it is infinitely better. And if you're a listener of the show and you like schlock and sci-fi and B movies, you're gonna love this one way more. Yes, because uh, they leaned into the campiness. They 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 knew what they were doing was kind of fucking ridiculous, and they didn't try to make you know. Fucking Citizen Kane. They made Swamp Thing return. You know, the return of Swamp <laughs> yes. Thing. Um, so this introduced us to the Unmen, which is one of my favorite things as a kid, which was the the uh, evil doctor in, in, in the Swamp Thing lore. He was making half human, half animal hybrids, and they were all fucked up and gross looking. And like, yes, they weren't done right. And the side of their like only half of his face was a pig and the other half was like a. <laughs> A drooling, <laughs> mentally ill person, and oh yeah, it's gloriously campy. But by the way, I, I don't know if you know this, if this name rings a bell for you, but this is uh, directed by Jim Wynorski. Um, and if that doesn't ring a bell, that's okay. Um, I don't think so. So, so Jim Wynorski has like literally a hundred film credits as a director. Um, most famous, I guess, would be for I can't name them all, but I'm going to name a few. Um, so this is Jim Wynorski, and also. Arch Stanton is the is his name that his fake name he used his surname or pen name when he did a more trashy title he didn't want to put his real name on. <laughs> that's but, brilliant. Uh, the most notable uh, films from him are Chopping Mall. Uh, oh, Death. okay, yeah, yeah. So he did he you know the Return of Swamp Thing was also from the creator of Chopping Mall, Death Stalker. Did 2. not know that. Uh, really? Think, yep. Think Big. You know that Barbarian Bros movie. Yep. Yep. Munchie and Munchie Strikes Back, which is the uh, he did sequel both series to yep, is a sequel series to Munchies, which like was the failed Gremlins ripoff, and they just changed uh-huh. they changed course uh, hard. He did Ghoulies Four, um, which my friend Matt over at Dinosaur Dracula actually has the the quote on the DVD of Ghoulies Four. Oh, I remember that. Now, what's interesting? What you should do this is actually kind of fun. He has like about a hundred directing credits, so if you get a chance, if you want to, this is really fun to go to his IMDb IMDb page and. Scroll down his titles that he's directed, and somewhere around the 80s, no, not 80s, early 90s, he starts doing, like, softcore and hardcore porn. <laughs> and so you see his list goes like this, uh, Chopping Mall, Death Stalkers, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden we see Shark Babes, <laughs> Scared Topless, <laughs> Busty Cops Go Hawaiian. Ooh. And even more recently, you remember the shot on uh, or found footage Cloverfield monster movie? Yes. He made a parody of that called Cleavage Field. Oh, my God. I got to see yeah. that. Yeah. So th- <laughs> and I think it's softcore. I think it's like some good, uh, which is kind of what's the point. But anyway, yeah, we're not here to talk about Clo- Cleaverfield, Cleavage Field. Cle- it's it's kind of a kind of a tongue tie. Kung tungster. it's really got me screwed up even on on the sentence that are unrelated to it i can't talk anymore Um, return of swamp thing let's get back thing is way better than part one (laughs) the monster and creature effects are genuinely great Mm -hmm. uh you know i don't i don't say that with any hyperbole this is this is you know the first one very much looked like original series star trek with the monsters like it's obviously a guy wearing kind of a thin leotard a thin Uh suit uh, the the Swamp Thing looks so great in this. The monsters look great. Um, Swamp Thing himself looks way better. It embraces its campiness. It doesn't hold back. It's a little action. darker, it's, isn't it's, it? It's, it's kind of. Um, 
you know, the first one really made you wait till the last few minutes to see Swamp Thing fight another monster. And uh, yeah. he's fighting another monster within the first two minutes of this movie. So Now, is this the one that has all the toys with it? Or is that the original Swamp uh, the, Thing? Or is that the, toys, the cartoons? Yeah, all the toys are the cartoons. Oh, I see. Okay. So this, okay. Was, this, this is like after... Uh, no, not after. This is kind of like almost simultaneous with the cartoon okay you know they started realizing like okay this is it, if you watch if you read the dc comics they're they're very adult and mature but it, well, it depends trans- which one you're reading yeah yeah that's true uh, but uh for the most part they are pretty adult and mature there's there's a mix here and there but yeah. uh that doesn't really translate well so with two they decided all right we'll, we'll we'll try this out for kids and make it a little campier although this is kind of violent for kids the, the Swamp Thing cartoon was something to easily get obsessed with if you were a kid in the 90s. I mean, we're going down the road here a little bit, and but Saturday morning cartoons are magical because they were really the only time you could watch cartoons back then. Mm-hmm. And so Swamp Thing was there, and he was awesome. And actually, I, I, I tweeted this not too long ago that when kids were worshipping Superman and Batman, I was obsessed with the Swamp Thing. And I'm not saying that to sound cool or like, I'm different. That's just how I was. I thought he was so much cooler. And it shows. I mean, you're such a cool guy. Thank you, man. <laughs> um, but then, you know, after being obsessed with the cartoon, I remember seeing the uh, VHS box in the rental store for The Return of Swamp Thing. And uh, so I rented that, and it quickly became a favorite of my childhood. Rented very frequently. Um, and I do. If you're in the mood for something campy, this is a comeback I recommend you check out. Nice. Four stars. Check it out. All right. So the last one on my list, uh, I'm going to end on a kind of bit of a sad note because this comeback really disappointed me. And it was the return of Family Guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, you know, this might be the first thing. All right. We'll go ahead. I, okay, I personally okay. like the new stuff, but I will okay. hear you out. All right. Okay. So... The original three seasons of Family Guy was on Fox and it ran from like 1999 to 2002 and I loved it. I would tune into Animation Domination every single Sunday. Um, I, I love The Simpsons, but for some reason, like Family Guy really turned me on. I thought it was great. It was kind of new and refreshing. And I remember watching the premiere after the Super Bowl back in 99. It was such a big deal and I loved Family Guy. And then uh, at the end of the third season, Fox decided to not sign them on to another season and cancel their contract, canceling the show entirely, which was a boner, which was a boner, boner. (laughs) which was a bummer because I love the show in different regards. Uh, My friends loved it, too. So it's something that we could definitely relate to. It was a lot more adult, but fortunately, Cartoon Network bought the first three seasons and ran it on Adult Swim. And uh, what was interesting was the ratings were super high. And there was this huge following for Family Guy. And they noticed that all the DVD like season box sets were skyrocketing. The sales were skyrocketing. So Fox was like, oh shit, we need to do something to get this back. We made a mistake. And so Fox decided to to sign them back on. And I think, are they still running? I haven't watched Family Guy in like two or three years, but it's still on. I, I don't know if they're in a current season right now, but okay, they're, okay. They're, they're pretty current. I, I don't know if there's one running, but there was a season that just completed recently. And um, there is, I, I see what you're saying. There is a major tonal shift as the show goes yes, on. absolutely. Um, it's a different formula, a different structure. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who, that has turned them off completely for me that I I think the comedy gets a little bit smart. Okay, I think it, it's like a roller coaster. The show is good in the beginning, it gets bad, and then I think it gets really good, and then the new stuff is kind of pain in the ass because what I found, my criticism on the most recent season was that it's all very funny. All the callback jokes are hilarious and all the, well, that's not as bad as, you know. Flashback. Yeah, all that stuff yeah. is very funny. But... um it's almost like it seems like the writers of the last like two seasons seem to have a vendetta with the audience and like huh. there's because there's no lessons in the episodes anymore you know there there's always like that yes, classic the wrap they, up kind they of sit on the couch and like well I guess you learned that you better not do that you know yes. that kind of thing and now every it was like this whole season it was actually like pissing me off and I I guess if that's what they were trying to do then they succeeded um, the whole season because we we just binged it through the quarantine and uh-huh. uh, the whole every every episode ends like well I guess there's no lesson in this episode and they go well <sighs> that would be a shame if I spent a half an hour watching it and there was no lesson 
and then and it then just hard the cuts end. to credits. Credits. And Gosh. that that is like the ending of almost every episode in like the last two seasons. And by the end, I was like, I'm fucking pissed off at this. But I would be done. The jokes were funny. I, I found the jokes in the show to continuously. To See, play. I didn't think it was that funny. I mean, I enjoyed the callbacks to the 80s and 70s, like cult movies and stuff. Like that was funny to a certain extent, but. There was a point, um, and I think it was the sixth or seventh season, where I started like calling things before it happened. Like they're gonna go into a flashback to to a movie, it would happen. Yeah. I'm like, this is gonna go to. I, I bet you that fucking chicken from the Y2K episode is gonna come back. And yeah, sure yeah. enough, it did. So I felt like I was predicting it, and it just wasn't funny. It just yeah. wasn't good anymore. I liked. I mean, it needed to. When that when the first couple seasons, it was very. Um, formulaic it was almost a parody of the of itself the sitcom no it was a parody of a sitcom like roseanne you know it was family oh, in the house yeah it, it's supposed to look like it's shot with the two cameras like a, a live sitcom is yes and all and it's set up like that okay the dad drinks too much and then you know but then everything gets so extreme by the end like by the end peter is straight up mentally challenged Yes, like he's, you know he's like which in i don't a, like he's in like a diaper and stuff i yes. i i don't love that i do like I do like Stewie's evolution, how he went from the – he still has some mad genius tendencies, but he kind of went to somebody struggling with his sexuality that kind of became yeah. his – I think that's Which very I, funny. Which I did find funny in, yeah. in points. And I will say that Family Guy had a bunch of like spinoffs and stuff, and it helped create kind of this new genre of, yeah. of cartoons and stuff. So I, I do appreciate Family Guy. But I did not appreciate the comeback, unfortunately. Yeah, I understand. It's not for everybody. All right, I'm going to wrap up our comeback show. It feels great to be back behind the microphone talking about yes, all this it does. stuff. <laughs> but I will tell you, I have to wrap this up with something that's pretty near and dear to me because it's another thing that we just watched recently. And it's a comeback of something that one of my favorite shows of all time that we've watched quite a bit. We uh, Okay. <laughs> so, and that's The Golden Girls. Um, oh yeah, I'm a really big fan of the Golden Girls. I've there watched... was a comeback. Yeah, the Golden yep, Girls. Yeah, yep. okay, okay. I'm listening. I was a really big fan of the Golden Girls. I've, we've watched through that show in in full, maybe about six times by now. Wow. Um, <laughs> and this actually comeback is it's not called Golden Girls. It's called the Golden Palace, and huh. it takes. Place... I don't remember this at all. Yeah, it, it didn't get a lot of coverage, but I will tell you that's well worth a revisit, and I'll get into that. Okay. The uh, Golden Palace takes place exactly right where Golden Girls left off. So it ran from September 1992, just one season, to May 1993, 24 episodes before cancellation. Huh. Um, like I said, it starts where Golden Girls ended. Dorothy leaves after marrying Leslie Nielsen. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the remaining girls, Sophia, Rose, and Blanche, they open a hotel in Miami. Huh. Um, they, this is actually the first acting role for Don Cheadle. Um, this is, uh, acting role for Cheech Marin. He's the chef in the hotel. Um, <laughs> That's fun. It has, you know, the show is very good. You don't hear anybody talk about it because it doesn't have the iconic status that its predecessor does, the Golden Girls proper. Uh-huh. But it, I would argue that it's kind of better. Uh, okay. The, it, they, first of all, unrelated to the show being better, they, they redid the theme song. It's the same song that you know, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's done by like a soul bit. Like it's very soulful and, and like. That's fun. I gotta yeah, look that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, um, There are actually some serious issues handled in uh, the Golden Palace, much like there were in the Golden Girls. Uh, they were, they were willing to do some hard hitting race issues and class issues um, there is like a really tragic part of the Golden Palace where, um, if you're familiar, familiar with Rose, uh-huh. uh, sh- through the whole series, that's Betty White's character, through the whole series Golden Girls, she pretty much dates the same guy, um, while the other girls kind of date around, and that's that's the whole thing, you know? Uh, at the beginning of the show, you find out that Rose's husband passed away, and she kind of doesn't recover from that, and then she winds up dating this guy Miles for the, almost the entirety of Golden Girls. Yes, and I remember Miles. They wind up splitting up and in Golden Place? In Golden Palace. A palace. And they wind yeah. up splitting up and not only do they wind up splitting up, but Miles finds a new woman and he he gets married to her and they have the wedding in the hotel that the the girls own. Uh, and wow. yeah, so you know, America's sweetheart uh Betty White, uh, aka Rose, uh yeah, you just see her heart really break. It's genuinely sad. 
Um, Poor Betty. Episode 18. If you're ever going to watch the show or you ever have any interest at all, maybe you won't watch the full season. It's almost – yeah, the whole thing's on YouTube. Um, okay. But if you don't feel like watching the whole thing, uh, just watch episode 18. It's called You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Uh, a food critic is coming into the the hotel to uh, critique their food. Um, and at the same time, health inspector comes in and the food critic dies. He has a heart attack in the Holy restaurant. Shit. And so they're trying to, they're trying to cover up this guy's death. Uh, oh my God. Health that's inspector's amazing. There. So they, at one part, they, they smush him into a big suitcase and they're rolling up the hallway past the health inspector. <laughs> oh they put him in the bed and the health inspector's walking around the room. You and, sure this is not creep show? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's actually Her that, that the is. You know, Golden Girls is very consistent, but that was, like, funnier than anything I'd seen on, on Golden Girls. So okay, I'll check that back, out. Golden Palace, one season, you could knock it out. It's a great follow-up, a great comeback to one of the classic shows of our time. Cool. All right, well, that is our official comeback episode to the fourth season of the Bogus Cast. How you feeling, J-Dog? I feel good. I feel uh, damp, but I think that that's... <laughs> I think that is unrelated, actually. The sun is going down here, so it's getting a little cooler in my yeah. in my place, but my balls are still a little wet. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> they're they're, still they're a little sweaty. Very slippery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't wanna if you don't wanna sit down too fast, you'll sit on them like uh like Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Whoa! Son of my nuts! Oh man, that okay, that's a perfect segue to what to expect. For this season. We will be sitting on our nuts a lot this season. We will. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. So we want to give you a little forecast of this upcoming season. So as we said before, we're going to be on all the podcast apps, all the platforms. So if you're into Spotify, we're there. If you're into Podbean, we're there. And um, I say we're going to sit on our balls because some of our comeback episodes will be reruns of our old episodes that got taken down. That's right, because there is some pretty good stuff in there that is just disappeared forever. Um, yes. So if you're a long-time listener, uh, you can either wait till the next week when there's a brand new one coming out for you, or, like I recommend, revisit it, because a lot of them are better than I remember. I, I agree. I had to go back and re-edit a few things, and uh, you brought up the TGIF episode, and when I re-listened re to it, there's a lot of good information in there that I totally forgot about. Yeah. Like, I learned again from you. Mostly about Mr. Belvedere saying on his balls. I'm <laughs> I'm here to teach people about that, and I think that that's like going to be the hill I die on. I guess I don't know. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. And what's really cool is that we're bringing a uh, new format to some of our in between episodes. Yeah. Do you want to give uh, you want to fill the listener in on what to expect yeah. with our in but wieners episodes? Yeah, sure. If you're a long time listener or a new listener alike, um, a little bit about our show, like you saw today or listened to today, I should say. Uh, we normally pick one topic that is interesting to us related to pop culture and we do a whole bunch of research and come back with it and, uh, give you some interesting points and some interesting subjects. Um, but we figured in, in between those big flagship episodes where we talk about one topic, we would do these episodes where it's a little more casual and instead of doing an entire episode on one topic, we maybe hit five topics, a little bite-sized nostalgia. There you um, go. Bite-sized nostegilia. Exactly. It's an appetizer. <laughs> ah, at, uh, a nice appetizer of nostegilia. Uh, yeah. So that's something to look forward to. They're a little bit refreshing. They could be pretty energetic because it's easy to get really excited about something for five minutes and then talk about Absolutely. something else. You know. So uh, we've got a lot coming this season, and I highly recommend you stick around. Absolutely. Listen to J-Dog. J-Dog knows best. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. It's, it, that is a fact. It's just kind of indisputable at this point, frankly. Yep. So uh, the next episode will be our first in but wiener episode. Yeah. So we got a lot of nostalgia blast coming your way, and uh, the episode after that, I think we're gonna touch on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. A classic. A, a classic. classic. And now, ironically enough, it might be fucking perfectly timed because September uh -huh. is launching the remake. Oh, that's right. Of the first and second one. It would be, Smashed yeah. together. Maybe we'll okay. fucking line up perfectly for that. Yep. Yep. That's right. So you definitely need to tune into that. And to uh, learn a little more about Forever Bogus, check us out on Instagram, forever underscore bogus, and our Facebook. We've been having a lot of uh, live streams of old TV shows and snick nights and stuff like that. So if you want to be a part of those live streams, make sure to follow us on Facebook as well. And uh, J-Dog, 
You've got a lot of awesome t-shirt designs and more to come. Isn't that right? I don't got anything going on. Okay, cool. So let's wrap up the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I've got a lot going on all the time. If you want to, uh, if you're not sick of listening to me already, uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Brain Exploder, B-R-A-I-N-E-X-P-L-O-D-E-R-R-R. I don't know if I spelled wow. that right. I'm, you know, a little... I, I, good enough. Yeah. Brain Exploder with three R's because there's a stupid paintball company that you've been yeah, fighting with yeah. for years. Yeah, you know the story. You know the I know, I know the uh, story. I've heard it quite a yeah, few times, follow, follow me there and there's a... <laughs> There's links, there's all kinds of stuff, and we'll chat about this stuff if you'd like. Yep. I would I would like that. And this is the first time I've ever said this on the show, but since we're on all uh, podcast platforms, write, review us, and share us. If you like our show, if you want... If you're feeling nostalgic and you want your friends or families to feel even more nostalgic, please share our show. That's right. Yeah, we never had to say that, uh, subscribe and review, but yeah, subscribe and review. It means a lot to us. We're sweating our Absolutely. fucking balls off here to talk about this shit. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to turn the AC on, and we'll be talking to you very soon. But until then, be kind. Rewind. And we'll all stay bogus. Y'all should know this. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. This be the best podcast in the universe. We got the host, Rash Shoemaker. Nothing like they both candy bars, any takers, and arsenal of VHS tapes. I'm feeling really great. I'm hoping y'all great. Flea markets, yes, one for a nickel. Complain about Rwanda sounding like Angelica Pickles. Watching P&P, maybe Malcolm in the middle. Sail on Gary the Snail. Mr. McNeely, I hope one of these days you will bring me my mail. Eat count, shot your little you hoover or the pale ales. You want doper than diamonds, I got my bling with sales. Thinking I'm a gay riders, like my seller prevail. I got no rhymes for the VHS community. Got some lunch meat for you Nimrods. Rat game, speed jobs. I'm that PG style, the distant, eat my socks. Ox, dragon slayer, modified with lasers. What we need right here is some good old taters. Back to back clamshells of the Cape Crusader. The one from the 90s as well as beyond. You're an asshole if you play as a job and James Bond. Y'all gone with that sheet that we can eat back. Like soda, this flat, this building right into your lap. This sounds lousy. Another episode featured on Boom Howdy. And I'm outie, cause forever bogus. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. Forever bogus. Y'all should know this. This be the best podcast in the universe. Fucking care about is this podcast.